Hey, husband. Yes, wife. Why is The Legend of Zelda more of a chain than a series? What? Because there's a lot of links. Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Random's Thoughts. I'm Wife. And I'm Husband. And today we are going to discuss those, what we thought were going to be easy, but turned out to be, if I can use the phrase, ball-crushingly hard, raids. No, you're not allowed to use that phrase, Wife. Is it because I'm a girl? It's not fair. No. <laughs> well, now that Wife is back to what we'll say is 100%. I, w I would say like 98.7%. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know what you had last time, but uh, it was kind of kicking the crap out of you. Yeah, I work with tiny humans, and uh, tiny humans are plague bringers. It's really all that it comes down to. Yeah, that's definitely a given. Anyone who's not been around kids, yeah, if you're around kids, you're going to get sick. All the time. Yeah. It's just an unfortunate... <laughs> it's a law of the universe, let's put it that way. Yep. It's kind of like wires are required to be tangled. Yeah, it's true. Headphone cables will always be tangled. It doesn't matter what you do. There's apparently this, like, super cool, like, tie you can do, and it won't happen, but I haven't mastered it yet. I'll believe it when I say it. Yeah. That sounds like an urban legend. I mean, I saw it on Pinterest, so it has to be true. Oh, it's on the internet? Yes. So it has to be true? Exactly. Yeah, sure. Okay. So we are back with our next whole numbered episode, I guess, since yeah. we had 15, 15, 15 and a half point, last week. Yeah, and now we are at 16. Like my favorite number, movie. my favorite president. It's a good time to be 16. Sure, wife. What? It's anyway, fun. Speaking of presidents, and you want to go into this weekend real quick? All right, so hopefully some of you are um, going to check out PAX Unplugged. It is located in Philadelphia. Um, at the Philadelphia, at the Pennsylvania Convention Center in Philadelphia. And if, you know, you find that there isn't enough gaming to really hold you over and you want to delve into some culture and some history, come on down to 3rd and Chestnut to the Museum of the American Revolution. It's not your grandfather's story of the revolution. In fact, we only touch upon the Founding Fathers. And it's a lot more fun and have I plugged it well enough? Wow, you are laying it on thick there. Wife. It's an That's... amazing place. We have George Washington's tent. All right, enough with the used car salesman pitch. I like, could go you, further. You sound like a used car salesman the okay. way you're dictating this. But in reality, though, it is a really awesome museum. Um, we've gotten a lot of wonderful reviews. Um, we were ranked the number one new museum in the country for this year. Um, All right, so pretend I don't already know the answer to this, White. Yes. You mentioned already that the museum, and everybody, I promise, will get to WOW eventually, but you mentioned that the museum isn't primarily about the Founding Fathers. What is the difference about this museum compared to other ones? So we tell the story of um, your everyday person living up the revolution. As I like to talk to the students who come through, the revolution would not have been won if we just talk about the signers of the Declaration. We needed a whole country to come together and fight off those dastardly British. 
but we also make a case for the British to not be so dastardly. Um, it's really fun. If you come on Saturday and Sunday, you can try some colonial clothing. You can uh, learn how to uh, shoot a musket, not for real, but you can learn the basic process. You can um, design a flag. You can do all those fun things. So, if you happen to be here this weekend, the City of Brotherly Love, if you're not aware, is kind of integral to the founding of our country. Yes, so we were the first capital, and now we have so many museums. So, since you have a plethora of options, we wanted to plug this particular one. Well, because... Wife does work there. Yes, I do work there, but I do think it is an excellent change to the story that we've heard before. It's also pretty cool, and having, since we talk about Gen Con so much, I'll be honest, there, there's not much in Indianapolis to go see. I mean, there are some historic monuments, but yeah, not like many. Yeah, that weird ghost walk that we Yeah, and like the train station that's now a hotel. But that's pretty much it. I mean, you maybe, depending on the timing, could catch a Colts game, maybe? I don't think that'll ever work because no, they need yeah, because the if they stadium. Have it, like, super... Didn't that happen the one year? No, they... Because it was super late and there was a preseason. There was a discussion and then the NFL decided that they were going to move it to the other city. Okay. I mean, that's probably the case. But point being is that Gen Con doesn't really have a whole lot going, at least for us, like going on around it. Whereas if you're in Philly, it's a much different city. Yes. And I mean, this could be biased because I live and grew up here. But uh, we do have a lot going on. Um, We have all your different monuments. We have all the different cultural locations. Reading Terminal Market, um, South Street. All fun. I don't understand why people get so excited about Reading Terminal Market. You haven't actually been there. I've been there multiple times. Lies! In fact... I was there for a WoW tournament. Well, not in there, but it was literally I mean, we are going to be next door on Friday, so it's fine. Anyway, so since I brought up WoW, let's circle it back. Yes. For episode 16, we're actually going to talk about raids, which we haven't talked... Well, I think we brought it up We've touched on it a couple of times. Um, We haven't gone into it in too much depth. Um, mainly because it had been such a long time since we had found anyone who was willing to raid with us. Yeah, so we played it a fair amount with some of our real-life friends. Yeah. And they, they're not really gamers, but they'll certainly play games with us, but it's kind of a, oh, we're going to play WoW? All right, well, you need to bring all the decks and walk us through exactly how to play it and tell us what to do turn by turn. Yeah. For at least a few sessions in a row, then they'll remember... And then, you know, real life will happen, and they'll forget, blah, blah, blah. So one of these friends happens to be the one that we brought up before, where we build him decks typically with all of the, for lack of a better way to describe it, action cards. Yes. So Slash dance. Slash dance. Thundering footsteps. uh, Chen Storm Stout. Zombie uh, finger. Exactly. I really want to have custom dual heroes that cross Hunter and a Clawfee. So that that way we can have Boomer and Scream. the uh, Zombie Finger. And I don't remember if there's any in the plate classes. But anyway, I want... We like the silly parts. To, yeah, just to have all of them in the same deck, even if it's terrible. But anyway. And if we do one day succeed in getting more cards off the ground for our game, 
Let's make them silly. Which, as an aside, if you are listening and were not aware, which I don't know how you would, <laughs> how you wouldn't already know this, but check out the Retro Wow TCG Facebook group. They're putting up some information regarding the, I guess the Mr. Pandaria set. I don't know if he has yeah. a, a working title. I, I don't. Right I think the working title is Pandas. Okay, uh, but they're putting some information together, putting out some cards. I know that the. Twitch group, who I should have wrote this down ahead of time, so sorry guys, but there he posts it both on Reddit and to the Facebook group, that there's a gentleman, Phil, whose last name escapes me, but he uh, runs games on Twitch, so he'll live stream his WoW games, and if you want to check it out, he had indicated in the past that he's going to be trying out, I think, this Saturday? No, it's going to be this Saturday after Thanksgiving is the next time oh, it's coming up. Well, yes, because life is crazy for everyone, and it's Phil Stacy. Phil Stacy. So, Phil, we appreciate what you're doing. Definitely check out his channel. Do you have it up on there? I do not. I just have his name because I am Facebook inept today. Okay, well, definitely Oh, here we go. You got it? It is RTO Games... In Twitch, and it is loading. Yep, RTO Games. Romeo Tango October. Yes. So, if you didn't get that RTO Games over on Twitch.tv, or just keep your eyes peeled on Reddit and the Facebook, because you definitely want to check it out. He had indicated that he's going to try and test out some of these new cards. Yep. Which I'm excited to see, and we're obviously going to talk about them down the line. We're really excited about seeing new content in any way, shape, or form, which, to bring it all the way back again to raids, it's kind of serendipitous that I got an email from one of you, dear listeners, that I wanted to bring up before we get too far into it. So, I got an email to our account. Wife, you want to... Random, nope, that's our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com. Our email is randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. We've only been doing this how long? <laughs> One of these days we'll get it on the first try. It'll never happen. I'm going to make sure of it now. So we got an email from one of you dear listeners who goes by the handle Bradifer. I like it. That is the handle that they use, and it's easier to identify people Makes by sense. that. So basically, we got this email out of blue, and there was a lot of information about what their group does for raids, both the official ones, some unofficial ones, and some of the examples, just to throw them out there, are Shadowfan Keep, which I believe that did get a dungeon deck. I think you're right with that. But, obviously, this is a little bit... It, it's independent. Gruul's uh, Lair, Ulduar, which, if you played WoW, I wasn't a huge fan of Ulduar, personally, but I know that it was and still is a fan favorite for a lot of people. So I'm going to let you guys in on a not-so-secret secret. I am terrified of playing with other people, so I know almost none of the dungeons, even though I have played WoW for years. <laughs> it's okay, wife. They scare me. So, long story short, there are people out there still creating content for raids, similar to what's being suggested in the, WoW, the Retro WoW group, over on Facebook for, for lack of a better way to put it, the PvP mode, one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one mode, whatever you want to call it. And if you're not familiar with it, let's talk a little bit about what the raids are and the different kinds, wife. So go ahead. So the raids, 
for lack of a better way, I think it's just designed to screw you. Uh. <laughs> well, let's, let's take a step back before what they do to you. <laughs> okay. So if, if I didn't know, so, or if somebody listening doesn't know, you're familiar with, hey, wife, let's yeah. play a game. We play one-on-one. Well, what happens so, when we have three people? Now people? what is happening is you can have a group. And that group is going to attack a dungeon or a raid. So you are going to have raid bosses that randomly spring up. Think of Mario um, and all your other generic video games. Um, So you have bosses spring up. Sometimes they have mini bosses. Sometimes they have traps. Sometimes they have ways specifically designed to target specific individuals. So you really do need if not multiple people playing it, I would say most of the time at least multiple decks playing it. I know people who are skilled enough to be able to play, like, multiple decks on their own against the raid. I am not one of those people. And I also like the group aspect of it. So the way... Um, Oh, sorry to cut you off. So essentially it's a uh, group of gamers attacking what is either a person playing the bad guy, like a Dungeon Master-esque sort of deal, or we do now have certain raids that are self-aware and self-automated. I like self-aware because it makes them creepier. And then you can play against them. Cards are going to jump out of the boxes and attack you in your sleep. Which would be hilarious. I I don't know if hilarious is how I would describe murderous cardboard. (laughs) Like that, that hilarious, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Paper cuts of doom, and then they squeeze lemon juice on it. An awful way to go. Yeah, it would. So, as Wife was describing towards the end of that, was there are two different distinct categories of raids. So there's the Dungeon Master ones, where a person is playing as the boss, the monster, the entire dungeon. And they get to choose which player they're going to screw. Now, there are a lot of people that prefer that, a lot of people that don't like it. The obvious things are, well, okay, somebody gets to be the bad guy, and sometimes it's cool to be the bad guy, because you get to do super unfair things. Yes, it is cool to be the bad guy, but here's what usually happens when you're playing with husband and his friends, and either husband or one of his friends is the bad guy. Wife is the one who gets hosed. That's not true. Uh, it's a little true. No, it's whoever cries the most. It just so happens to be you sometimes. Uh-huh, sure. So anyway, when it's cool to be the bad guy. It's fun because all the cards in the raid boss's deck are super duper unfair. Yeah. Like, they would never see the light of the day. You get to do really fun things. But at the same time, sometimes you sit down with two of your other friends, three of your other friends, four of you, however many, and you all want to do something Together, kind of like you were playing WoW. You do a dungeon together. You don't have someone zone in as Deathwing or zone in as Illidan or the Lich King. You all group up and go fight them. Yeah. So that's where the automated raids come in, where basically the boss gets a turn, but it's always a sequence. In a, so in a specific order, you reveal a card from the boss's deck, do some things, then the boss attacks based on certain criteria. Yeah. So the latest raid that we had played was actually the Battle of the Aspects raid, where you go up against Deathwing. <laughs> so fun. Yay. So, so that is an example of the of an automated raid, whereas the original ones are, say, Black Temple or Anixia's Lair, which, if you if you played during the Servants of the Betrayer block or Hunt for Illidan block, that was right before I started playing, so I don't know which set. I always forget which set was first. Mm-hmm. But 
there, the traitor cards, Lady Katrana Prester, is a Nixia. Spoiler alert. So, God, I can't believe you do that. I know. It's only been like literally 10 years. Yeah. So she can let you turn into a Nixia in a normal one-on-one game. And then you run the raid deck as the boss, and your opponent has to beat it. And then they would win the game if they did. Alright, so here is my question about the Anixia raid. That is the same one, like, in the actual video game. You realize every one of these raids are based off of the actual Yes, I know, raids, but that right? is, but that's the one that Leroy Jenkins had, right? No, that was, um... Damn, I was gonna say I would be so excited to play Anixia and have Leroy Jenkins roll in. No, never mind. It's, it's Blackwing something, I think was that one. There are whelps in in both mm-hmm. places, but that's not that's not the same raid. But all right, uh, so our Twitch friends make a raid and play the Leroy Jenkins card. It'd be fun. Maybe somebody already has it. We'll have to look it up and see if someone's already already done it but yeah that would be a kind of an amusing reenactment i would i would laugh for days anyway i'm so, sorry to get back on track so anyway uh, fun story about anixia because you could turn into the anixia raid it actually competitively exists like it was a thing for a while because you could i mean the traitor mechanic worked in general so say you play jonas the red the rogue yeah and then you had illidan at the top end Illidan every turn lets you go get a traitor and put it directly into play from your collection, so your side deck and tournament mm-hmm. play. Or, I guess if you were main decking Lady Katrana, you could then just play her, turn into the raid. And I actually watched somebody lose as the raid boss one That's time. That's fantastic. I think it was actually because they were playing against another rogue, and that person hit the uh, arena armor. And just basically interrupted anything of relevance that they did. I think that's what happened. I was only like, I was playing a game and it like was and happening at the to, other end of the and table. And trying to watch at the same time. Well, because it was at the other end and I heard someone say that they turned into a Nixia. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I have heard stories of people turning into a Nixia in the middle of competitive play, but I had never actually seen it. That's something that would be really cool, actually, for the custom sets if they had more effects like that. I feel like the traitor mechanic, given what happened in Mists of Pandaria with Garrosh, would work out really well. You're probably right. And then maybe have, you know, another Lady Katrana Presser but turn into, like, the Siege on Orgrimmar raid or something like that, if somebody's got to make the raid first. So anyway... Back to actually discussing the raids rather than ancillary things. So, as Wife alluded to, we tried out the Battle of the Aspects one and did not do so well. Well, okay, no. So, let's talk about the Battle of Aspects raids to begin with. So, just like with the cards, there is easy mode, medium mode, and ball-crushingly hard mode. Yes, so you have the... (laughs) They give you the difficulty level so you can learn the mechanics, figure out what you want to do, and... Let's preface all this with we don't typically build rating decks. No, we don't build by, rating decks. Yeah, we, by typically, I mean we never We do. never build rating decks. We pretty much took some lazy peon decks, added some cards, and called it rating decks. Well, we didn't even add cards. We literally took the lazy peon decks. Yeah, because... All right, so Anixia, the first few times we played it, was super easy. All of them were super easy. They were all easy. super easy, but we had never actually played this one because... 
we got it, the game died, and it sat in the shelf for years. Well, I bought it really to get the uh, chaos format here, yeah. to be perfectly honest. So we hadn't, we had never played it. And so we tried first off with, like, the E... I think we actually started with the medium mode. So, you know, um, Deathwing can't do as much stuff per his turn Well, it that was mode. So the easy mode for this was basically the boss gets just Deathwing. Yeah. So the way... This, again, this is an automated raid. Deathwing starts in play. He has three or four levels. Yeah. And as you, as you do more poorly... Deathwing grows in power. Yes. And it gets progressively more difficult. So basically, you have to keep things under control or it spirals real fast. Yeah. So, so the easy mode is Deathwing goes last. Yes. The medium mode, which we started with, is Deathwing goes first. First, but he doesn't have, like, appendages or quite as many helpers. Um, yeah, the... Let's call it... Ex- there's actually four modes, because so there was yeah. advanced... I think, or expert, and then, like, raider, or whatever they're called, but... Either way, um, so we started on medium, we still let Deathwing go first, because, you know, we were feeling confident, and honestly, for the first round for the medium mode, we should have felt confident. I think our first round went pretty well, we beat him relatively quickly, mainly it was all on, yes, we did, because it was all on me and my orcs. First of all, you did, no, it wasn't. Yes, it was, all the power was on me and my orcs for the first round. That's not true. And then it got ball-crushingly hard. And then my orcs died really fast. So what we immediately jumped into is, if you're familiar with the Deathwing raid, and I have not actually run it in WoW because we stopped playing long before that ended up coming out. It was the end of Cataclysm. Yeah. So he has tentacles because Deathwing is an agent of the old gods. So what ends up happening is he gets corrupted. He ends up... If you do the more advanced modes, he starts play with these things instead of them coming out of his deck. And each of them does super unfair things. Yeah. And what's hilarious is there's an even more difficult mode beyond that where he starts in play with some additional stuff that just can straight up end the raiders very quickly. So, as we said, we don't typically build and never build raiding decks, which we should... But we, yeah. to be honest, I I wanted to try the Lazy Peon thing both as a challenge and because I wanted to build the Lazy Peon decks. And because it, we thought it would be more like Anixia and would be a little bit of a joke. Well, it, at least that's, I, that's what I thought. Yeah, that was not what I was thinking. I'm going to go with what I thought. I was like, oh, it's going to be like Anixia. So the Anixia Lair, I think, was the first thing that I played in WoW. I don't think I played any one-on-one decks. I got handed a um, mage deck and said, okay, we're attacking Anixia. Sure, whatever. Um, So that went really smoothly and really easily, probably because I think we had five people attacking Anixia. Well, the other problem is, and this is an issue with all the raids, and part of the reason why we went with the Lazy Peon route, is that just like in the computer game, you can essentially out-level the raid bosses. And by that I mean, so if you play Anixia, I think that came out either right before the uh, Servants of Betrayer block or it was still during Heroes of Azeroth. Bottom line is that it came out very early in the game's lifespan. If you built a deck from even modern core, you know, like Cryptozoic era core, you'd probably stomp it. Just because the mechanics have evolved. 
the cards have grown. And obviously, if you played classic with everything, or even up through Scourge War, or even through Drums of War, or even pick any point after that raid came out, you don't invalidate it, but you trivialize it. Yeah, it makes it a lot simpler, which is what happened, and why... At least I thought it was going to be a cakewalk for everything else. Now, the other difference is, so one of the reasons I personally prefer the raid boss run, as in a human being Mm -hmm. is the raid boss, as opposed to the deck is the raid boss, is because obviously a human being, it's more fun, a human being can make decisions about what to do, and a human being can therefore compensate for some of the deck's deficiencies. When you play, say, the modern ones, and we haven't played all of them, we still have uh, the Caverns of Time one that we want to run through, but Battle of the Aspects against Deathwing, you're at the mercy of whether the Deathwing deck cooperates or not. So we yeah. certainly had, in I don't know, we, we did it like 10, 15 times over the course of an afternoon and an evening. And yeah. Naturally, some games were super short and some were super long, but we, some of the games felt like they weren't real games. Yeah, I I would say some of the times it felt like we were just throwing ourselves up against a brick wall and immediately ending. Or Deathwing did nothing and or, like yeah. he didn't put up a fight. Yeah, um, I would say once we had um, the one friend that we were talking about who likes to have all the silly cards he's a glutton for punishment so he wanted to have all four of uh deathwing's limbs out to start off with and that i i would say most of those games ended up with running up against a brick wall yeah face now first. That, if you're gonna try some of these harder modes you really do need an actual dedicated rating deck yeah. now there they did release some cards later in the game's lifespan that indicated friendly or uh-huh. ally or something like that where it references so I could heal all of us. I could buff all of our stuff, not just mine. And that was something that felt like it got lost for a while mm-hmm. because the raids were not really a focus. They did push yeah. the dungeon decks and the intent with the dungeon decks is to play the starters against them. So maybe Lazy Peon would work there as well because then the power level's much lower, theoretically anyway, and you're not just going to steamroll it because that's another reason why I prefer personally, and why you can tell us how, how you feel about it, but the the ones where a player is the boss, you get that extra element to it so that you don't... If you're just... It, let me rephrase this rather than stutter. So if you're going against an automated raid yeah. and you're just beating up on the air quotes computer, it has to have some really obscene power levels beyond the norm and some huge variance, which then lends itself to the games we were talking about where some games we just blew Deathwing out. Some games he devoured us and it wasn't even close. Now, the majority of them were we played the game but I feel like those outliers are a bigger component of that compared to if a human being does it. Yes, it's a card game. You have variants. But because that person can make the best make, of the worst yeah. situation, or even if they make a misplay, 
and they do something, that's then a story to talk about. Yeah, you know, and it like it adds more. I would say that would add more layers to it than right. Now that's not that I know I'm beating on the automated ones, and they. I think those are fun too. Now, I mean, personally, I actually prefer the automated ones. Why is that? I like the idea. I get really frustrated when I'm playing against another person, especially, like, if they have tells, like husband does, when he has something ridiculous, he gets this, like, evil little smirk on his face, and to be fair, he's almost always our raid boss. That's Um, not true. I'm almost never the raid boss. It's either you or Dave. It's never me, and I'm fine with that never being me. almost constantly the raid boss, because he's the one who likes giggling like... Yeah, well, he also giggles like like a a Saturday morning cartoon. (laughs) Yeah. Like... If he had a mustache, he'd be twirling it the whole yeah. time. But either way, I like... Yeah, you have those outlier situations where the raid deck gets stomped or does the stomping. But I like... I feel like it's more random, and I like the random aspect to it. Well, it does add and, something to be said for the replayability, because then it's... You know, you're not going in and doing the same exact thing every time. Yeah, and I like the group aspect of it. I like the idea of all of us against this one thing as opposed to against this one person because we have a tendency with our group to get a little heated when it's all of us against one person. It's entirely possible, although I can't confirm whether tables have been flipped or not. Tables have been flipped. Chairs have been broken. No, not over WoW. Maybe over Monopoly. Risk. No, Mono- Monopoly. No, no one, no one... Risk is banned. So is Monopoly. And so is, like, all those okay. other terrible board games. Yeah. Um, the Friendship Killers. But... Axis and Allies. Yeah. Um, but I like... I like the group going against something. I mean, obviously we're not doing raids for you know, any big tournament or anything like that. It's a fun situation, and I like having fun when everyone is working toward the same goal and no one's going to be screaming at each other later. Okay, we'll find reasons to scream no matter what because invariably, someone is the weak link. (laughs) Okay, you're not wrong, but I like the group working together toward a common goal against a common enemy. So there... As you can see, wife and I do happen to differ on this particular thing. Now, it's not that either of us hate the other format. No, I it's mean, it's totally acceptable. So, now we do have, and I, well, have, I guess, is a relative, because a while ago, when the game was still around, someone had created an Alterac Valley raid. Mm. And they had created the Horde side and the Alliance side. I remember this now that you're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think we ever ran it, and the problem is, is that I don't, I can't find the rules, so I don't really remember. So at this point, it's unless somebody out there happens to have it, it's basically whatever we yeah. created. But going back to one of the things that we started with, there are a number of custom raids, and we read off some of them earlier. There are a lot of options to do these sort of things, and this is definitely an area where. You can let your creative juices get going. Let the gears turn a little bit. What's your favorite raid from whenever? And make it up. Yeah. You could either be super true to the mechanics. You could, you know, this is how I think it would work or how it should have been done. It doesn't matter. Because in this particular setting, as Wife was getting to, or at least I'm assuming this is what you were trying to say, Wife, that, well, 
it's all about the experience. Yeah. You're doing it with a bunch of friends. There's nothing on the line other than pride, especially if someone's the raid boss. Then there's a lot of pride on the line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're just trying to have a good time. So maybe you make an entire raid deck full of those goofy cards that either for the raider or maybe the raid bosses, they do all the goofy stuff. Yeah, I that would actually be fantastic. I um was I think it would be fun once. I I mean, yeah, but once is all I need. Um I was thinking that I know you had said the raid on Orgrimmar, um siege on Orgrimmar. And I was so um I I like that idea. It could be fun. You've never done it. You've never seen it. Why why are you so excited about this? Well, because I want to mess Garrosh's day up, because he's fun to me. But anyway, um, going back, yeah, it could be fun to have, like, a, a deck of all crazy things, maybe even making up some more crazy things. Like, all raiders have to bounce in place while they're... That might be going a little too far. I mean, we could... If you'll excuse me, folks, but we could make a drinking game out of it. Like, I mean, not an actual drinking game, but, like, you know, the little man that you have to take off. It could be fun. Okay. I'm designing it in my head, so I'm not going to be coherent for a couple minutes. But... All right. Right up to come later. <laughs> Wife will get that to you next week, and we'll... Yeah. Uh, and by next week, I mean probably half past never. Yeah, that's likely. <laughs> so... It's almost Thanksgiving. I am in charge of cooking. Yeah, there's... So, anyway, there's a lot of options and how you want to play it. There are a lot of ways to both power up and depower the decks. For example, the first automated one was Ice Crown. So you go and fight the Lich King. If you run... Even the, the starter decks that come with it, they're not starter mm -hmm. decks, but yeah, the, the base decks yeah. that come with it against it, it's not that challenging. Yeah, I do remember like, playing that, and it was medium I don't think it was best. even medium. Like, I, I remember playing it at Loop a battleground. Form. It had just come out, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to play it. You know, we, we literally, I took it off the shelf, bought it, I shuffled it up, we, we dealt everything out, and then it's like, okay, we one-shot it, and... Yeah. It wasn't even, it wasn't a whole lot of thinking involved. So for things like that, you actually can just get a second one, which now may be difficult. But when the raid deck now has extra copies of some of those super unfair things. That could be ridiculous. Like Lich King Defiles, that's when it started to get super challenging because a lot of it was, and this goes for all the raids, it's resource management of, okay, well... I know this boss interacts this way, or we have to do it this way. And just like in the, the computer game, you need to manage certain resources, both what you have and what your opponent may have. And I guess that goes for regular games, too. Yeah. But overall, I think trying to make them hard, if anybody has more ideas on making some of the raids harder, maybe uh, making some of the raids easier, or making your own raids with silly things. And You're really all about this idea. Right? I am now. So First person to make a snowball wins the raid, except you're playing in July. You know there's a card hardback snowball, right? Yes. No, that's one. Didn't. No, but I'm going to pretend that I did. Anyway. So, favorite raid, wife, out of the, the card game raids? What what one? So, we got Anixia, 
We got yeah. Black Temple, Molten Core, Nax Ramos. Um, I uh, mean, so... Alright, I would say Aspects was fun, but I'm, like, that, I like it probably because it's the most recent, but I really think I remember liking fighting the, the Lich King. This because you were fighting the Lich King, and it was the first time I actually understood what was going on in the game around me, and that was a fun time. He's kind of a big deal. You may recognize him. And the amount of times you got made fun of for wanting to beat Arthas. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Ice Crown. Okay. So, I would probably... So, I really like Nax Ramos with the way it handled the wings and the resetting that you could do. Because I thought it was interesting how you could, you know, start over and reset. And as compared to when we did Black Temple and Molten Core, which I also liked because of the length. So I'm not a huge fan of the single boss ones. So like mm-hmm. Magtheridon, Anixia, even Battle of the Aspects. I'm not a huge fan, but I do like the longer ones where it's it feels like you're doing a raid. Like, I'm going mm-hmm. to do this boss, and then I'm going to do this boss, and then I'm going to do this. And I, one idea that I always thought would be cool is if you could do a, a campaign, for lack of a better way to describe it. Run an actual RPG through a course of the raid. So you start out with, say, so. a lazy pee on deck. And then okay. each time you defeat a boss or a series of bosses they'll drop loot. Kind of like what the original mm-hmm. intent was. You got the loot pack, and then you got these cards for your deck. But and really, then, everyone just went and bought them. Yeah. So then you, you do boost. a campaign over time, and you slowly grow, like improve your deck, improve your deck, improve your deck. Now, it would have to have some sort of negative feedback. So if you kept wiping, there's no equivalent in the game to repair costs or something like that. Yeah. So you'd need something to, like, Set you back so that you aren't just... Because otherwise it it gets to the point of, oh, well, eventually we'll get lucky and beat it. So we're just going to bash our heads against the wall. You want to have the give and take so that Mm -hmm. you have to... Okay, are we ready to move on? Do we want to move on? I think that can be really fun. Um, And I think next time we have, like, 20 hours to spare in our life, we should give it a try. Oh, yeah, I could definitely... I could probably design it, but it's... Yeah, designing it, it's just finding time to play it. Therein lies the problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you get lunch breaks, you get those times where I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't sleep. You wake me up in the middle of the night, I will cut you deep. But I thought you were excited about this idea. Oh, I'm so excited about this idea, but if you wake me up in the middle of the night, I will cut you deep. Come on, wife. Why do you hate fun? Because I like sleep. <laughs> anyway, so those were our favorite raids. Do you have one that you dislike, wife? Um, I can't think of one right now. I remember not being particularly fi- fond of... um. Of Black Temple, but I don't remember why. Probably because there were some super unfair things. Yeah, I think that might have been why. I I just remember being frustrated, and um, I don't always lose particularly well, and I was getting frustrated. I I can handle it. Um, But yeah, I remember getting frustrated and being like, no, I need to step away from this game right now, or I'm going to flip the table. Yeah, I think for me... Like I said, I, I'm not a huge fan of the single boss ones, although 
again, this is all relative. Like, we're saying we don't like this particular thing, but they're all still really fun. No, they're all really fun, and, like, this is all relative. It's like, I would rather be playing the Black Temple Raid than, you know, not playing WoW at all. Like, of course. Or playing, like we said before, I'd rather be playing the Black Temple Raid than Monopoly. Yeah. So that one's a given. One one other thing I wanted to touch on was something that came up in the interview with Pat that he had mentioned that that his group does, and I don't know if he meant like his his like play group, like his his friends, or if he meant Team Ugabuga, or he meant both, or what whatever the case is. But one suggestion they had was that they have a cube for their raids, so they draft their raid decks and then play the raids, which I think was a really cool idea. Yeah. Only problem is, as wife had mentioned before, the time constraint. Yeah. So um, if, if you haven't drafted before, usually it probably takes about an hour. Minimally. I mean, with those guys, since it sounds like they draft a lot, they it might probably go faster, get through it. But yeah, for I would even for me, I would say at least an hour to an hour and a half, Especially depending on do... like how many noises and sidetracking objects there are going around around me. And with. Our other friends who don't typically play WoW, it would virtually never work because they would need to read literally every card. It, it just logistically wouldn't work out for us. But it is a cool idea that I would love to try, just I don't know if it's ever going to work out for us personally. Yeah. Well, that's most of our thoughts about raids. I think we could probably talk about it longer, but yeah, I'm in sure the we'll... interest of time we'll... and, as I said, sleep. We'll probably come back to it at some point. It... The next time that we get everybody together locally to try and run some more, we could do some more in-depth thoughts, maybe talk about some particular strategies for one or the other, and then, you know, hopefully, dear listeners, everybody will chime in with their own custom ideas for raids or their own thoughts, either in the Facebook group, ours, or the Retro Wow TCG. Feel free to shoot us an email about... At randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Well done, wife. Bazinga. That's horrible. I know. That was awful. Yeah, I know. So it, we're just, gonna, it, it came out. You need to get that checked out. <laughs> All right, we're going to move into off-topic, and this time we're talking about a new card game, because why not? Although it's it has a couple unique twists. This time we're talking about... Drop Mix! So, welcome to our off-topic section, this week centering around the new card game Drop Mix. So, husband, how did you find this game? Well, actually, I found it mentioned on the Penny Arcade forum. So, we were talking about Packs Unplugged when we first started this episode, and I'm on the forums, and they have a board game thread, and people were talking about this game, and I started looking it up, doing a little bit more research, and the idea sounded really cool. So basically, if you played Rock Band or Guitar Hero, really more Rock Band, because the game's made by Harmonix and Hasbro. So Harmonix is doing the game, Hasbro's producing it physically. And, well, it's basically Rock Band, but as a card game? Yeah, I would say that's a pretty accurate description. Except instead of playing plastic instruments, you have... Cards. That... I, I think it's RFID, not RFID chips, I forget what, it, there's a chip in them that keys to specific elements of a song. So, for example, yellow cards are vocals, blue yeah. cards are drums, red cards might be lead guitar, etc. So, you play these cards and it's a 
I would say an area control game. Now, the game, when you buy the base, comes with this big plastic board. And you need a phone because there's an app that connects to it. Yeah. So what happens is you play cards from your playlist. That's what they call your deck. And there are five slots, I think? Yes. So you can, every time you play a card to a slot, you get a point. There are other things that could potentially generate points. So specific cards may cause you to generate points if you meet certain criteria. Yeah. You also get an additional point because each of the spaces are colored. So there'll be a yellow spot, then there's a blue-red spot. There's a yellow spot, a red spot, a blue-red spot, a blue spot, and a blue-green spot. So what ends up happening is the first time that you play a card of this specific color onto the space, so I play a vocal card, onto the which is yellow, onto the yellow spot. I get two points, one for playing card, and then one because it's the first yellow one of the game. Yes. Or the first yellow one if there's a reset, which we'll get to in a second. And the goal is to get to 21 points. So you'll take two actions, then your opponent will take two actions, then it's your turn again. So what's the big deal about just throwing cards onto the board and trying to score points? Well, as we mentioned, this is created by harmonics. It's tied to all the rock band stuff and Guitar Hero. And... Each time you play a card, it plays parts of the music. So essentially, you are a DJ. All right. So here's my part of it. It is super fun. So I was a band geek um, and drama nerd So and raised by hippies. Would that be an accurate way to describe my life? So I Mine, love... I would take issue with the fact that you said that you were... Okay, past tense. I am a man geek, and I was, I was raised by hippies. That was in the past tense, except they're still in my life. Um, but it's super fun. Um, you have music from all over that we have different packs um, and, like, different music styles, so I won't lie. We I don't think we've bought the R&B one yet, have we? No, no we didn't buy the... It's like a hip-hop R&B one. No, we got the hip-hop one. Okay. I don't. I forget which one we were missing, but you can buy different packs. And oh, so card game people, here's the good part: you buy a pack, it's a hundred percent guaranteed every time. Yes, you don't have to. It, you don't have to get. Do now the that isn't work. to say that you get everything. There's yeah. three hundred cards, so you will end up shelling it. But yeah. every time you buy a pack, you can go online, and it's guaranteed that the contents of that pack are consistent every time. But you have all different um, song styles. You have everything from Beethoven's Fifth Symphony to Call Me Maybe. To Disturbed to Michael Jackson. Um, It's all over the place. It's a huge game. They even have the Doctor Who theme song. They have Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. They have, from Hascon, there was a Transformers promo with the theme song, which I'm still trying to find on eBay, but I don't want to pay 60 bucks for it just because it's a promo. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's insane. Like, it really does have a little bit of everything. Like, they have Evanescence for some strange reason. Um. Evanescence is awesome, that's why. Sure. Um, but yeah, they really do have just about everything. And like husband said, you know, you're playing it through the phone. So you play the card down and you might have, you know, the beat to Super Freak. Um... And that might be playing. And then it's singing Call Me Maybe to Super Freak. 
and then you, like, randomly drop the Evanescence card. So it comes from, like, this really upbeat thing, and then it starts getting slower and more whiny. Um, it's not at all like Evanescence. I don't know. The one Evanescence card is really slow. But anyway. Um, sure. But, like, so you're, you, like, keep changing it, and you want to start with a low, with a lower bar, and then you, because each card has, it can be level one, level two, or level three, and you want to keep upping the ante. So here's where the, the game but comes in. If you're on a level three, you can, that means you can only play level three cards on top of level three cards. And that's not going to work because you have a bunch of level two cards in your hand. So what you do is you hit the drop mix button. And then you can, uh, it'll spin around and it'll tell you what's going to happen. But it's going to tell you which cards to maybe, if you're lucky, take off of the, um, to take off of each given segment, and then you can play your next card. And it's fun, it's competitive, sometimes it helps you, sometimes it hurts you, but it always changes the music. So, more succinctly, since Wifey's getting really excited, I and do. I don't know how <laughs> that'll come across as to the listener, you can only play a card of equal or higher level onto a space that already has a card. So, if Wife plays a level one... I could play a level one, two, or three. If wife played a level three, I have to play a level three to replace her card and get more points. Now, she won't lose any points when I do that, but the physical drop mix button, and that's attached to the game board, then causes the app to spin. So everything syncs via Bluetooth. You hit the drop mix button, you can use that as one of your two actions each turn. So you could either drop mix twice, play two cards, or play a card and drop mix, or drop mix and play a card. It will randomly determine whether no cards leave the board, level three cards leave the board, level two cards leave the board, or level one cards leave the board, each with varying percentages of chance mm -hmm. of happening. So if wife gets way ahead and fills the board with level threes, and I only have level ones in my hand, I can hit the drop mix button to potentially wipe her board out and she loses all those points. Yes, and that has happened, and it's unfortunate, mainly because he took away my Doctor Who theme song. So if you, even if you don't care about the music part, which is really cool, and there's a freestyle mode where if you just want to play around with pretending to be a DJ and just throwing random stuff on there, you can just mess around. Which is a lot of fun to do, too. And you can save the mixes, which is also cool, yes. and share them with people. But if you don't care about the music, it actually has a fairly decent game. Yeah, and it really is a decent deeper. gameplay. Yeah, it sounds kind of shallow, but it's deeper than you might think. As I started out with, it's an area control game. You're limited in when and where you can use certain resources, and it gives you an always available potential reset. Mm -hmm. There's always the chance that it won't do anything, but it gives you an option so you're never so far behind or 100% locked out of the game. You still, yeah, it still gives you an option of something to do. Exactly. So it, the biggest negative of the game, though, is it's pricey. It is pricey. Um, so you're, you're looking at 100 bones for the base set. Now, that gives you a lot, but and <coughs> when you see it, you'll understand where the money's going to, aside from the obvious licensing aspect of the music. But 100 bones is still a lot to shell out. Then you have... The genre pack, so if you buy, say, the rock pack, 
it's 15 bucks. Then they have smaller, what we'll call boosters, but again, it's fixed contents that are only five bucks. Long story short, it's something that, well, Black Friday's coming up. You may want to check it out then. There's already rumors of sales if it's going down 60 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's going to be trying to test your luck with those sort of things, but. I would say the one negative that I found is I tried to bring it um, to a group of friends this weekend. We had Friendsgiving, and I would say it's probably a four or five person max It's a number. four person max game. Okay. Well, like... Like, it physically cannot be done with more people than four. So we tried to do it in teams. That didn't work out. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely... So, like we talked about, there's different modes. There's the freestyle mode. There's the competitive mode, which is called Clash. But you can do... So a playlist per the game is 15 cards. And you... If you're playing one-on-one, you have two playlists to make up your deck for a total of 30. Each playlist is not supposed to exceed... 40 points worth of cards, so a level 3 card is worth 3 points. A wild card, which are white, are worth 4 points. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the distinctions are pretty obvious. When you're playing 2-on-2, two two, each person is supposed to get a single playlist, so 15 cards each. Yeah. And that noise was our beautiful puppy, Harley, who has decided that she wants to be part of the podcast now. Yeah. Right, Beast? Um, or she's wondering why mom is still awake and not going to bed. That's the more accurate. So I guess on that note, we'll probably have to close it up. Yes. So, uh, check out Drop Mix. Um, if you don't want to shell out the money, watch the YouTube videos at least. It's fun to watch. If nothing else, it's a really cool idea and an interesting fusion of physical game and electronic game. Yeah. Well, on that note, Come to PAX Unplugged. I'm wife. And I'm husband. Have a great day, everybody. So, for all other things Random Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, at our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com. You can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random Thoughts. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.